Welcome to the Inspired by Jacqueline podcast, a refreshing place for women struggling with entrepreneurship, faith, or infertility. Stay tuned for today's episode. Jacqueline podcast. I'm really excited about the conversation that I'm going to have with the next special guest. This is something that is very dear and near to my heart, something that I've experienced as well. And I am really, really happy to announce Bele Esquivel is a wedding planner for the last 12 years. She's been a wedding planner and she's located in none other than El Salvador. Yay! <laughs> and to add, she is a dog mom. <laughs> Bele, welcome. And I'm happy that you're here. So yeah, so Welcome. Thank you, Jackie. It's really an honor to be with you here. It's been a long journey since I met you as well. And it was very special because I think you were the first international wedding planner I met in my life. And you made it really special. And I have, that's why I have more New York in my heart, thanks to you. And I really feel very happy that I got this opportunity to share this with you because you have been very inspiring to me as well in your journey, in your job. So, and you have a great heart. So it's really amazing thank you so much for inviting me and for giving me this time yeah oh my gosh and yeah we met in new york city she messaged me she's like i'm gonna be in new york city can we meet and i was like okay we met in the heart of new york city right definitely the connection and the heart the love is so there from from me to you as well i love you life is about joy laughter in the midst of the hardest times that we have and i share my story that it's been a 30 year long story. I shared that I had a journey with infertility and I am really, really honored that you reached out and mentioned, you know, that you would like to share your story. Can you tell me why and and what made you tell your story? Um, Yeah. Well, first of all, I will just thank you because part of it, you gave me the strength. I thought you were so brave and I thought I had to have that courage to share my story because like once you said sometimes telling our story is is a part of healing so it really was in my heart to share my story because I I was going through this situation that I found out every day that many women were going through it as well and it it wasn't just me but it's just something that some we're scared of talking about it and women are scared of talking about it or maybe Mm -hmm. it's just it's private it's something that we want to keep like with us and not open ourselves because maybe we feel judged by other women or by other people. But then after five years that I've been dealing with this situation, I thought after other people were saying, can you share your story? I mean, you don't you don't have an idea of how many women go through this as well. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, maybe someday. But you know, it's, it's not something that you go like, hey, look, I want to tell you I'm going through this. So all of a sudden, I, it, was just, it was just that Mother's Day, the current Mother's Day, that something in my heart I can't explain. I just posted a story. 
that day, I was really happy about Mother's Day. I have my mom with me and I have my best friend that she's a mom and I'm her uh, daughter's godmother. So I'm I'm happy at Mother's Day, you know, because my friends and everything, my sister-in-laws and everything. But then all of a sudden, like, I, it got me and it's like, wow, this day is not as happy as it feels like for some other women. Like some other women may think like, oh my God, I lost a baby. I have been trying to get pregnant. I'm going through this. I have my mom in heaven. It's just like it was like, wow, social media like poses like Mother's Day and Mother's Day and everything happy, but mm-hmm. it can be hard for some people. So I don't know why it got me that day that I just posted like for all of you that you have your mom in heaven, for you that you have lost a baby or a son or a daughter, or for you that you have been trying to get pregnant and you haven't been able to, I'm sending you a big, big hug. And it was just because, yes, it was a bittersweet day. And I thought that I would share it. I just, I just had that. I just opened myself and posted that. But I got so many messages, Jackie. I got mm. tons of messages. I think it was, was one of the days that I got more DMs in my Instagram about so many women sharing their story with me, like privately. And I was like, wow, I didn't have an idea. I had so many followers with that. And they are so brave sharing their story with me just by DM yeah. with short story and telling me what they've been through, what they're going through. And some of them were like brides that I've had done their weddings before. And I was like, wow. And after that, it says like, it's time to share my story with everyone. Now yeah. that I think that lots of women are sharing their the support, right. And the platform. Oh my gosh. And you know, what's interesting that you say, so, and, and I'm going to do probably a lot of comparison between your story and my story. One of the biggest difference is that back in the day, it, there was no social media. So yeah. even though there's social media now compared to before, I still feel that there is that holding back on sharing the story holding back on the you know, I don't want to be judged or I don't want to be looked at it differently and all this, put it underneath the rug and deal with it quietly. But now that there's social media, there is a platform to share and to support. And so I'm glad that you decided to take a step. It's not an easy step. And I know it wasn't easy for you, yeah. but you took that step in faith and you were able to allow others to share to you privately. And that's the goal. That that was the goal for me to open up this platform and share my story, be transparent with my story. And then at least, you know, if it's one person that I touch, but look at that, how it's multiplying. And so I give you all kudos because I know it's not easy. And then we're going to go more into, you know, your story. One of the things that I first wanted to find out is how did you find out that you were infertile? Okay. So I got, I got married in 2017 and then- an amazing husband let me say because (laughs) so we got married in 2017 and we said like okay when are we going to try to have babies and it's like let's try next year we were not that young we got married at 32 and here 33 and we were like we wanted to get married because we wanted to have a family so it's not that we were going to wait and enjoy I mean we were enjoying our marriage so we were going to enjoy the process until we decided to start planning our babies I was one I started with my doctor 
doctor that was the regular doctor, like gynecologist, that she, like she, yeah, that she always was the one like was checking on me and everything. And like, okay, we start trying. I didn't have any diagnosed by that time. I mean, I, I thought it was everything was okay. She was saying everything was okay. So, but further on, like time went by, it was, like a year went by that we I hadn't got pregnant and was like, okay, I'm gonna be patient. I mean, this is something that I don't have control. That it's not in my hands. So, uh, I I started getting acne like underneath my chin, and it, so I, it's like it was like so weird because I'd never had acne in that part. At first, I thought it was normal because like my teenage years, I had acne, so it was like, oh my god, it's coming back. But I wasn't maybe that like conscious about all the symptoms of. PCOS because I'd never been through that. So I had that and then a couple of friends um, sometimes I went to fa- to do a facial and stuff like that and then like the ladies came like you have acne here. I cannot do the like that. I cannot work that area because it's going to get like red and stuff like that. So I was like okay uh, you should go to the doctor because I think this is a sign of PCOS. Do you have them? Wow. It's like at least I don't know. I think I don't have them. <laughs> um, but yeah, so after like two or three that told me that, it was like, okay, I, I think I'll just go check. I went there and then I said, like, oh, wow, yes, she made the ultrasound and she saw like, yeah, you have you have PCOS. And it's like, wow, shouldn't you have seen that before? So. <laughs> So did they do an ultrasound beforehand? Yes. I mean, I usually had my checks like regularly, but I don't know. I I, I mean, you see the ultrasound and you never know what's there. Like, you know, (laughs) you just see like (laughs) the shapes and you don't know what's there. They explain you that that this is this and that, but I never Mm -hmm. got that. I never got a specific point on on that. But that time she said like, yes, here you have a little bit of PCOS. These are the the, the ones. And like, okay. So she started to do a treatment for me. It's like, okay, we're going to treat this and this and that she said she was not going to give me birth control pills because it's not her point because I wanted to have a baby and um, she didn't want to give me that it's like okay that that makes sense I started having a treatment but after that I didn't feel that it it was the right doctor like I want to explain that that I have been like almost five doctors already in like five years so you can imagine how that is so it's not easy so I went to another doctor that I uh, a friend recommended go that she had been through the same problems like okay maybe this is the time to change a doctor because I need a like someone like has more experience yeah in this topic so I went with that other doctor he started to do me a treatment then the pandemic came like it was like and then like the pandemic came in 2020 I had already seen like two doctors like her and yeah, this new doctor. I was already with the treatment. He told me like, you should be fine, like exercising, having this type of diet. Maybe you with the insulin is not good. So it doesn't, your metabolism doesn't process good, like the carbs and stuff like that. I was like, okay. So I started doing all that and it felt good to me. It's like, okay, I have to be healthy. I know I have to be healthy. I have to do this to get pregnant, blah, blah, blah. And I did it. And it was like, okay, I'm, I, I think I'm going to the through a good process I was taking my pills I was taking everything I could see the results but it was always hard for me to lose weight like because mm-hmm. of that thing of the insulin and stuff but I don't. so when 2020 came I was still with the doctor so uh why do my cysts are still there like what is happening why they're not going um it's like okay we're gonna change in the treatment and we're going to keep if, if this doesn't work we have to work with injections and then you're gonna inject your in you're gonna have injections in your belly button 
and then this and this and I was like, wow, okay. So trying different stuff. When we were in quarantine, Jackie, I felt a big pain. I, was, I remember I was sitting down like in the parking lot with Rolo and a couple of neighbors because we were together in quarantine. So it's like we were in apartments. And then I wanted to go to the bathroom, but all of a sudden I stood up and I felt like a big, big pain, like like something like exploded like inside. And I was like, ow, like, oh my God, what's this? I started walking. I was walking like very like bent. I went to the bathroom and it hurt going to the bathroom. And then I told my husband, like Rolo, like my husband, like, you know, I have a pain here, like in the right side, mm-hmm. like at the bottom on the right side. We called the doctor. She recommended a, another doctor, like a surgeon. And he went, he went to my house. He checked me and said, it's your appendix. Oh my it's gosh. Like, oh, really? And it's like, yeah. It's like, wow. And I'm in quarantine. But he said, but it's weird that it's your appendix, but you have all this, all the symptoms and the pain is like, it's your appendix. But have you, do you have fever? Did you have dinner? Are you, do you have nausea? It's like, no, it's just hurts. And it's like, that's weird because you should, you should have gotten this with the, your appendix. It's like, but yeah, it's your appendix. Can you stand up? And like, I stood up and it's like, ah, oh, no. Okay, let's go to the hospital. It's like, oh my God, we're enduring like a pandemic in quarantine and I'm going to a hospital. It's like, I don't want to go. We're going to a hospital that doesn't receive COVID. So there were no COVID patients in that hospital. Oh, okay. We went to the hospital. It was like 11 at night and I went all by myself because you could like just the patient could go inside. <laughs> like my husband stayed yeah. outside waiting and I was inside in the emergency room and they were checking me it's like okay we have to give you this we have to give you that after two hours like still waiting with pain it was like okay yeah it's your appendix we have to like do an operation right now they called my husband and then he went inside it's like okay I went through operation during the operation that I knew that because of my husband during the operation he was waiting outside of the operation room and then all of a sudden he saw a doctor coming inside running and he's like what's happening <laughs> then the surgery finished and they came out and they explained to him what happened was that one of my cysts had exploded inside Oof. in my left ovary so what they did is like they took out my appendix because it was bad they had to take yeah. it away and then they burned my kists during the operation they found that my I just don't remember the name right mm-hmm. now Jackie so sorry but it was when you're when you have your your tubes like they're bent and the ovary mm-hmm was bent so they corrected that i hope i remember the name during the process but oh my god so sorry guys I don't know. I had the word in my in my in my tongue, mm-hmm. but it's like yeah. So they corrected that. So it was okay. The surgery was fine. After I got out of the hospital, like two days after that. But then I went to a checkup with the with my first doctor. That she was the one that recommended the surgeon. And then I went there with her. She's I want to check you. I want to see that you're fine. I want to see that everything's going okay. I went to her, and then so, then is when I said no. Like you know, yeah, this is not it. This is not the place. Mm-hmm. Um, she said, like, okay, now that your left ovary is like, it doesn't exist anymore. It's like, what? And it's like, yes, you don't have your left ovary anymore. And so you're just going to work with your right ovary. And it's like, what are you saying? I don't have an, like my left ovary. And my husband was there. Besides, like, what? I mean, did you know about this? Like, what happened during the surgery? And then it's like, yes, didn't they tell you? And I was like, no. I mean, but that's not possible. I mean, if you're going to do that, you have to tell me. Or at least you had to inform that to my husband during the surgery. It's like, yeah, but I don't remember 
remember I, I just saw the doctor going in. It's like, wow, okay. I, I came out. I was like, I just heard her. It's like, okay, okay, okay. But my mind was like so confused. Yeah. I just stepped out of the doctor's office and I started to cry. Horrible, horrible. It was like, mm-hmm. I, I, I can't imagine like that moment. I mean, you know, that they tell you that you don't have your ovary, but just by, because like that, just like that, it was like horrible. I, I, it was like the one of the worst feelings I've had. At the moment, we were just so surprised and shocked that we yeah. didn't know what to do. But then we like, we, when he calmed his, himself, he was like, why don't you call the doctor that opera- like do, did the operation? Like with that. So we called him. It's like, okay, look, I just went to my gynecologist and she said that, that I don't have a left ovary. It's like, no, you have both of your ovaries. Everything's okay. I haven't <laughs> taken any ovary away from you. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh my God, thank God. And he wow. said, tomorrow I want to do an ultrasound and show you everything so that you see that everything's okay. I know that I, it was a little bit smaller because of the of the, the thing that they had they cut and when they burnt the kiss, um, but uh, it's there. So I went to him, he did the ultrasound and everything was okay and he said, okay, this is what you want to do. So I kept on going with him, this new doctor. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was the one that kept so that's on doctor kept- number three. That was doctor number three, yeah. Because <laughs> doctor number two was the one who had given me the medicine and right. he was, the medicine that he was giving me was making the cyst bigger wow. so that's why it exploded and it was like so you know that that was doctor number three so with doctor number three i stayed on the process he was really good he did so many exams i don't know how this his name is said in english but he did that exam that they check your your tubes oh uh, my I gosh know. is it a painful i i, I cannot yeah. describe Yes, I know. I it's a long name, and it's I would rather name. forget. But yeah. it's a long it's name, and it's a complicated most, way to I'll, say it. But yeah, I'll put it in the show notes in in yeah. the summary. I can't even pronounce the name, but it's the most painful uh, test that a woman can have. It that is. brings tears yeah. to your eyes. I I didn't know that the exam was going to be like that. He just said, like, I need to make an exam for your tubes that are uh, to see that everything is flowing and everything's going okay. It's like, okay. And it was during 2020 as well. So I remember that those times it was only me able to go inside mm-hmm. the test, like without my husband. So I was laying down in there and it's like, okay, we're going to the this this liquid's gonna come and you're gonna feel that it's going inside and it was like after at the end he said that he doesn't give me any explanation to it for the first time when they get it because they're they're gonna be like stressed and i was like okay i mean maybe it's like an ultrasound you know <laughs> but no oh, i knew beforehand jackie i i i started like i was like ow and then it's like ah, and he's like does it hurt it's like yeah <laughs> and i was like yeah and I was screaming with tears in my eyes. And I yeah. was like, what happened? Take this away from you. <laughs> it was like We're the invasion of... Because we know, but it's, it's horrible. <laughs> it's like if it's the invasion of something going on. And it's literally an invasion. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But at the end, he said, like, this is the most important important pain in your life so if you felt the pain that's good like okay i don't get that but okay i just remember the name of the thing it's endometriosis in spanish what they corrected me in this surgery sorry oh the the name of the surgery yeah Yeah. when they found out that i had endometriosis i don't know how it says in in english but it's it's similar yes endometriosis oh yeah so that's what they found during the surgery and they had correct okay so that was a break so he told me that that was the most important pain and that that 
that was a good sign. And I was like, okay. I was happy in a way. Like, okay, if it's good, so it's okay. But it hurt. And I just came out, like, after the test, like, you know, walking, like, I don't know what went on. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> and then, like, my husband was standing outside and he was like, yeah, I'm like, Ooh, it hurts. <laughs> It's funny. Now we're laughing now. Yes. It's because we're able to laugh without pain because it's not something we laugh through during it. And yeah, and unfortunately, but fortunately, fortunately, because it's something necessary to do, but unfortunately, it's not the easiest test to go through. It's not something you're going to be laughing. It's something you're probably going to be holding on to every part of what you can hold on to and cry. I mean, tears just come out naturally. So it, it's it's definitely not a laughable moment when you're going through it. We're laughing because we went through that and I, it's nervous, right? I don't know, but it's, oh it's, it's like, yeah, but it's it's not. I. How many have you had? Two. Yeah, I, I left it at two. Yeah, but that's that's what I was going to say. So I you mean, got the test. First one, yeah, my, I got my first one and then everything was okay. I was still like, I had some time with that doctor because he was really good and, I, and he said that, okay, now you're clean you don't have kiss I corrected them he was a very good doctor and you feel it you know that somebody mm -hmm. cares about but after like so many mo more months going on and not being able to get pregnant he said like I think you know you need to go to a specialist like infertility doctor because it's not my area so that's why I moved on to doctor number four <laughs> <laughs> I went to doctor number four. Still the other doctor, he was like checking on me. How are you? How is it going? It's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm here. I'm trying. Mm -hmm. I went to this other doctor and he, they, they told me he was really good. He is maybe, but it didn't like, you know, doctors, I think they work for some people and for some others don't. It's not like for everybody. Because yeah. like I now after going through so many doctors, now I can say that it, it is like it doesn't work for everybody yeah. so I went to his process like I got my surgery in 2020 I went all those process like that I began with my other infertility doctor and then he said like okay I'm going to some exams I got those exams because he wanted to see what was going on after a couple of months that I hadn't get pregnant still and he said like oh my god you have I don't know how you said this word in English as well but it's polyps like in your uterus you have little bumps mm. I see the little bumps see and he showed me where they were it's like okay and so he said like I have to make your surgery and I, it was like you know that was my first surgery was June 2020 and that was supposed to be in May 2021 so for me it was like I just went through one so it's like you know it's like yeah but I have to do it so I had like around May by the end of May like a year after the first surgery I went through mm -hmm. the other one and my uterus and it was like okay during that process it was hard because I was supposed to do it like two months before but I think that's why one of the things I'm happy to be sharing this with you as a wedding planner because I was postponing that surgery so much because mm -hmm. like no I can you do it this month like no I have a wedding no I have an event so I was postponing that but mm -hmm. at the end it's like my husband's like you know this is your health I mean yes. you can't keep postponing this so it's like okay but the thing of this surgery is that it had to be like three days exactly after my period ended 
So mm-hmm. it wasn't that I could just schedule the surgery. It's like, okay, I'm going to have it May 25th. Right. And I will adjust everything to that date. So it was like, okay, your period will end. You Three days after, you have to do the surgery because then the uterus is in a way that I cannot do it. And it's like, okay. And then all of a sudden that happened because I had weddings that week and stuff like that. We did the estimate when my period comes out. Okay, so it's going to end this day. So probably the surgery will be this day. At the end, it was a, it, I had a wedding that, that week. Mm. Okay, but you have to do it. You like, have to do it. Okay, I have to do it. All my staff was ready. And I did it after we're going to talk about all the experience like during foreign surgeries planning but yeah I'm gonna finish so I had that surgery in my uterus I kept on going with this doctor but then he got sick then his his son started like to check me on Mm -hmm. but then after that operation my period went crazy like it shortened Mm -hmm. So I had my period like almost like every 18 days or every 20 days. And it was oh, like, wow. wow, shortened. And it's like, this is not, this is not good. So you were I, having more periods. I was having more periods. Yeah. Oh and usually, I, even though I had PCOS, my periods were not on site. They were really regular. They were not. Yeah, so it was like, I'd never been through that. But then he checked it out. And it's like, okay, yes, this is going to be this and this and that. After that, he, he left. So he left me with his, his son that wasn't the other doctor. And he said that everything was okay that we were just going to have this medicine. Maybe the period was irregular because I just had that surgery. And it had to like become stable again. Yeah. So it's like, okay, it makes sense. I mean, everything went crazy after a surgery like that. So it's, I went through that in the first surgery. So it's like, okay. But afterwards, my periods were longer. So it was like, what's going on? When I went to another specialist that he was really specialist in infertility. And he's like, you have so longer periods. This is not normal. Or you have very short periods, like very uncommon. He was able to put my period again like regular this has been the last doctor that i've seen until last year and then he said that i did have pcos but during the process with all these medicines and taking so many pills my metabolism my everything is gone like really crazy so it's been mm-hmm. a process of up and down because i lost weight then i gained weight and then it was so hard to lose weight and they were telling me you have to lose weight it's like wow okay but so you know that yeah. that mental health was oh, yeah. going really bad the process like to taking care of your mental health and your mm. physical health so it was double the process i went to this other the last doctor that i've been he was really good as well he he checked us both like he mm-hmm. is an infertility doctor for both like the the women and men so we had a very good experience with him as well i can say but he was still saying i don't know what's going on he gave me pills but after that he said like maybe you're going through so much stress and then yeah you have the 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 kiss came back last year mm-hmm. it, it didn't have them but they came back last year uh, he was a i was able to have a more regular period but all of a sudden that was there's where my story ends with doctors because i think i got to the point that i was just like i didn't want to know anything about doctors about mm-hmm. pills about exams he was the one that did the second exam the one that it hurts a lot he said like i have to do it it's like oh my god i have to go through that again <laughs> but it, it at that time at least i was able to be with me he said i let the husband we be with the with the with the woman i know that it helps and maybe you're be holding his hand it's like you know yeah and i told him that okay i'm going to scream yeah it hurts it wasn't it was horrible again i mean i knew it it's so funny maybe i'm gonna laugh right now because i knew how it's going to be and the doctor kept kept, keeps on telling you relax relax it's okay it's like like, how do you want me to relax (laughs) and you're so (laughs) like 
hardening all the parts of your body. It's like, lose yourself. It's like, how? <laughs> oh, my Lord. But at least, yeah. like, my husband was with me that day. And I, I, it was a little bit, like, you felt a little bit stronger. I don't know. Yeah. After that second one, after those pills, after gaining weight. I mean, I went through that depression part, anxiety. Yeah about getting tired of going through every month like you have to take an ultrasound this month okay then take an ultrasound this day okay then come here okay then, then this when your period ends take this pills when your period comes take this pills and it's like wow yeah. it's just so overwhelming that last year at some point at the end of last year I was like okay I just want to stop I just want to take a break and that's how my process with doctors went mm. oh my goodness wow that is a long journey thank you for sharing that journey, you pretty much walked us through every single part of your journey to at least get some type of understanding. Wasn't an easy journey. It's not an easy journey for anyone who's going through it, whether it's one doctor or five like you. Uh, for me, it was just two. And like I said, for everyone, the journey is different. It wasn't less frustrating for me. I started off with my GYN doctor and it was pretty frustrating because I was like, oh, okay, I have this. Okay, what do we do? And they started me off with pills. That was the first part. And it was pretty much that session with the GYN for about a year or two was with the pills until they were, they were chatting about, I think it's time for you to consider going to a specialist. But I was scared, I think. I was yeah. still holding on to the fact that if I go to a specialist, then there's something really wrong, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. so I held on as much as I could. And what really allowed me to take the step to go to the specialist was this one incident because here, and I don't know, I, I didn't ask you this part, but here, one of the issues that we were having was insurance. Insurance covers for some things, but not for others. And oh, it's so, the same it's the same yeah. yeah, especially fertility processes, it doesn't cover. I mean, it's not right. that, yeah. And so for me, at one point, what was going on was was that the laws were changing where at one point it was then they made a change that oh this particular part is covered but not this part and mm -hmm. so I went into one of my appointments and I figured because it's such a sensitive conversation and topic I figured that the administrative piece would have been oh there's a change with your insurance and just to let you know before you come in you have to make a payment and so they didn't call you know us in the service industry, we're expecting this type of calls, you know? Yeah. So I went and I'm very clueless as to what was going to happen. They call me in to meet up with the uh, finance person at the doctor's before my appointment. And they're telling me, oh, you have to make this payment of, and it was like $500 of $500 before you even see the doctor. And that shook me where I lost it. Like I, I was holding on to my last piece of strength I, yeah. until that situation happened and all my tears just I was just like on overload with tears. I was like, I don't understand. I don't understand what you're telling me. Why can't I see the doctor? Why didn't nobody call me beforehand? And I was just sobbing and sobbing and they just didn't know what to do. And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, just calm down, calm down. You, the doctor said he'll see you and then we'll take care of this later. So I calmed down. I went to see a doctor, but at that moment I was like, it was very insensitive. And, and, I, and I'm all about how you deliver a message, right? Mm -hmm. 
and yeah. very, very a sensitive situation that I was like, that's it. Like, I'm not coming back. I already made my mind up. I did see the doctor. I don't even know what the doctor said at that time. I immediately stopped and I made the payment and I looked for a specialist. So that's what kind of pushed me into going to the specialist. They discussed what was covered, what was not, but God was so good that by the time I started seeing the doctor, I did my consultation, which I paid for. But when when I was going to start the, the process, the laws changed again. And so now it was covered. So mm -hmm. now all the tests and all the procedures were now covered. And we have to do this test, you know, the test that we described. And I was like, okay. He's like, but he did tell me it's not an easy test. You know, a lot of women say it's very, very painful. So we're just letting you know, everyone's different, but just giving you a heads up. And oh my gosh, I'm not even going to, because we already discussed it. Yeah. At least you but, need Yeah. There has to be a better system for tests for women from mammogram to this, because it, oh, yes. it, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he did say everything looked good and all that. But long story short, I was diagnosed with an unknown. Mine was unknown. They couldn't figure out what it was. And the only thing he can see was that I didn't have enough eggs for ovulation, enough eggs that would attach. That's as much as I got as far as what and the why. The what was going on was I didn't have enough eggs. And it was very, very limited. The why was unknown. So at least, you know, not that it makes it better, but when you have a why, you at least are like, oh, okay, let's see how things can work out. Yes. But when you don't have a why, then it adds another layer of frustration as to what do you mean? Like now you're telling me I have this, but then you don't know why I have this. So why are we having this conversation? <laughs> I kept with that doctor. I think it went on good amount of maybe five years with the doctor, with the specialist and going on five years. And I was like, that's it. It was the constant injections, the constant pills, the constant different procedures. And I was done the monitoring, the writing down the days and the ups and downs and the ups and downs. And I was leading into frustrations mentally. I was definitely in a black hole that I didn't see myself getting out of. I couldn't understand. And coming from, you know, us Latinas, it, I, to me, it felt being a Latina, not that it, it takes away from anyone else but us as Latinas it's like in our culture there's this oh Latinas have baby you know so it was a stereotype but it's it's what you see it's what I saw growing up and you know all my family there was no issues with that a lot of my cousins were having babies and it's like you know that was just you have the pressure yeah, a lot of pressure. Not a lot just of, in your family, but like outside. socially, like, you know, yeah. like everybody's expecting that after you get married, now you're yeah. going to get like, exactly. This, this is how it is, the process. Exactly. So, so that kind of leads where my journey was. And I actually, you know, we'll chat later on. We'll continue the conversation as to where we're at now and, and the, how you proceeded. I shared earlier that you're a wedding planner and you mentioned in in your conversation with your journey about, you know, pushing your weddings and doing a few adjustments and things like that. So being a wedding planner <clears throat> or 
or an event planner process during going through this process and i'll share a quick glimpse on my end but i want to hear on your end your story with this for me when i first went through finding out the diagnosis what i had and going through the process procedure i had a lot of baby showers that i was doing and i was honestly very very happy for creating it for the people i was very very happy but at the end of the day i would go home and i would cry and i would just cry and let it out of my system. It's like, and I wasn't like, why her and not me? It was just tears because it was just natural at that point that it's like, oh my gosh, like, how is this? How can I not be able to get pregnant? So how, explain to you, to me, like your journey in association with the role that you have as a wedding planner and what struggles have you had with that? Well, it is, it is a hard part. You know it. Mm -hmm. I think that you also know about it. And um, that was also one of the things I got motivated to share my story because maybe I don't know how many other wedding planners or event creator were going to help with this because I heard so much stories our industry going through this process and it's really hard because we are in like in the love industry in the industry of emotions in the industry of celebrations and you know and it's not like you said that we're not happy for everybody we are but at least for me when I got married it was like you know at least it's like now is the time that that dream that I wanted to be a mother it's going to be possible and we were so excited about that but as the years went by during my marriage and wedding planning career you see that it's really hard and you have to be like to have to try to find the balance between your life as a wife as a wedding planner as a friend as a daughter and it, it can be a, a little bit overwhelming so I started to plan that I wanted to get a baby but I also had this other brides that were getting married. So one of the hardest things that I experienced because during when I got the, the diagnosis of PCOS, sometimes like you mentioned, I wasn't ovulating. So I had to get pills for ovulating. And it was like, oh my God, this is so hard. And then some doctors tell you, take the ovulated sticks and try to see when you're ovulating and see like, and everything was programmed and then when it's like, oh my God. You felt like a robot. So I was feeling like, oh my God, I have to be doing this for my ovulation, for my tests and that. But I have to also be planning in in my in like in my daily life as a plan so that was one thing because it's like this is like so hard but then just in conversations with others like for example I will never forget one of the things that was hard for me is like having comments like for example even like clients or brides that said oh please but now that you're planning my wedding please don't get pregnant for my wedding oh my god and it's like wow it's like well no, <laughs> I don't know it's like okay but but, and for me, it's like, what I, I didn't know what to answer, you know? Mm -hmm. But I got those direct comments like, okay, but, oh, but please, no, don't get pregnant still. Like, it's like, wow. And you were going through the process. I had also not brides, but maybe mothers of grooms. Like, I was like, oh, are you pregnant? Do you have kids? And it's like, no. Okay, so now is not the time. And it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> So having those comments, it's really hard for me to sell them right now, Jackie, because it's something that I have never said before. It was something that I had kept to myself for so many years. Mm -hmm. And when I had that, it's maybe that also my, like, I want to like 
to therapy and one of my therapists like maybe you blocked yourself because I started to say like okay so if I want to get pregnant yeah brides will get angry if I get pregnant and they will like you know they'll fire me mm. so okay so I will have to get pregnant this month so that the baby is born in this month and I won't have weddings for this oh I can't do it in this month because I have weddings for that and it's not mm. healthy to be no. in your life like that you know and and it's something that vendors or clients don't know that you're going through that or you're thinking through that and it's not normal and then I started you start seeing like your clients having babies like your recent brides having babies and then your friends or having a second baby and then gender reveals started to be a thing <laughs> and then it's like can you hire me for a gender reveal and or a baby shower and it's not like you said I mean it's exciting it's so cute yeah. I them uh and i love to see them and it's like when 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 somebody gets pregnant or a bride it's like wow you're pregnant have like congratulations but then it's like sometimes like oh my god that feeling like okay I also wish I could have that. Mm -hmm. Like, I when I'm going to know how this feels to have a gender reveal or to announce that I'm pregnant. So it got to a point that as a wedding planner, I had to be like in social media to show my work. And you know, mm -hmm. but but it's like important like to see the events and so pretty. But sometimes I didn't want to be in social media because I didn't want to know that everybody, like so, so many people were happy because you follow accounts of right. If, producers <laughs> maybe mm -hmm. not your client but you see that all of a sudden somebody planned the gender reveal somebody's planning a baby shower mm -hmm. a baby born and then first birthday of the baby all those things they hurt you and it's something that you keep to yourself and that you're that you're just like going enjoying your job because we enjoy it mm -hmm. we love it i mean mm -hmm. we love to be yeah. planners we love to plan and and make everything for that special day for two people you know like to have the best day of their lives or to have a celebration you know how important it is and the responsibility you have for this person to have a very memorable moment or celebration yeah. Yeah. but it's also that you always will have that in your heart like when you're seeing it that you would you wish you could also celebrate that right and I um, and I want to jump in and say for our listeners this is an educational moment it's not to say you know we love what we do our career is our heart our career is what we love and what pushes us to keep doing our career is the love that we have for it. So it's nothing on the career. It's just that this is an educational moment for anyone who's listening as far as everyone's life is different. And just because you have a particular role in celebrations, in celebrations for others, life celebrations, milestone celebrations, I'm just still thinking about what you said on two occasions when you were told not to. It, it's just, that's so disappointing. Even, I'm getting even the chills. I'm sorry. That is like, so oh disrespectful. I, I really don't yeah. care yeah. And this is just an educational moment. I needed to stop to share that because, you know, we're humans. We love what we do. We love the celebrations, no matter what we're going through, but we're humans. And just take a moment to, you know, if it's a celebration of that you're having and all that, that's fine. That's great. That's amazing. But just never ask that question. Never tell anyone, oh, you need to wait on having kids or like, you don't know what that person is going through. So I I know I've met, oh my gosh, God forbid somebody asked me that. <laughs> 
<laughs> or told me that. I'll be like, uh, I think I am ending this contract right now because that is, oh my God, that's crossing the line. Well, yeah. So this should be an educational moment. So I just wanted to share that. You can go. Yes, on. exactly. And it's just maybe something to share to remind us that, especially between women, you know, because we deal as a wedding planner, as women, we deal with the bride. Uh, we're all women and not just the bride, but in general, like mm -hmm. women. It hurts to feel, it feels so sad when you, you see that it's another woman who is judging you. Who is mm. telling you, like, because, you know, they are going to have maybe the same process. They're going to go through the same. They also want to be mothers. And it's something that we know. You know. I've heard stories of not in wedding planners, but wedding photographers and women and stuff like that. Like when they get pregnant, they I, I, like they tell me like a bride fired me because I got pregnant. And mm. the, the fact that you're not going to be able to take pictures of my wedding, you're pregnant. And it's yeah. like, wow, hearing other women saying that to other women, it can't. Mm. You know, it can't be like we, like you said, we are event professionals and we do, we put our heart in that day in everything mm -hmm. because we want to make our clients have the best day of their lives. But we also have a family. We also have like, we need, also need breaks. We also need the same things that they do. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they forget that everybody, like not just the wedding planners, but all the vendors working in their day have a family. Have a life have a life mm -hmm. they have a situation that maybe that they may be there smiling and wanting you to smile but maybe they are having a very yes. like sad moment back home they have a i mean you never know what someone uh, is going through um the floor is and you know you never know what they're going through mm -hmm. and they are doing like the best for that day but they may also be going through a situation that it hurts them so mm -hmm. it's, it's empathy you know it's yes. just that to not forget that wedding planners and event creators and everybody working in the event industry are also humans and they yes. also like go through sad moments you know and difficult moments and uh it, it's 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 really like to be conscious of what, of what we've talked about before, Jackie, that mm -hmm. we deal with emotions, like the emotions of, of all for clients. But it's it's like, I really don't know how we're able to manage our emotions. Mm -hmm. Like we're always wanting to have a smile. We're always wanting to have our best, like the face, like for the client. But yeah, yeah. You, you, you never know. Like we have that inside. Like you said, you went back home, you came back home after a baby shower drain. Yeah. And, and heavy because that's yeah. how can I describe it I read I, you come back home like heavy like you know mm -hmm. wow everything was beautiful everything turned out fine but I feel heavy I feel yes. sad I mean and it's 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 when you come and deal with your mental health your emotions mm -hmm. uh, it was a part during that time that I went through depression like nobody knows but sometimes I'm I, like you're afraid to say it because you feel so judged by yes. people that they can say like oh maybe she's not feeling well she's maybe sad she's not she's not gonna do that she's not gonna do the job she's not exactly you know she's not capable of because she's going through a hard moment and she's depressed or she's anxious and she's not going to be able to do it and it's like and you get that you hear that mm. and it's very hard because then it's you try to keep your emotions inside but that's worse because you're carrying them there and you yeah. need to do like to let them out you know not to feel that heavy i just want to jump in with that said how often now being that you've gone through all this it's been what five years now your it's journey been, uh, Five years. Five going on six years. Five so years. 
and and it's this has been the last month that I really went through depressed, mm. anxious, sad. Like I don't know, you would know that moment in your life when you're like, mm -hmm. okay, I don't know if I'll ever have this. I, I'll ever I'll, I'll ever feel this, and that you're trying to get like, okay, mm. let's just focus on this. Let's just try to find the path, and then I'm trying to give me my last opportunity. Maybe I don't know if my last, word, but mm -hmm. I think I'm ready to like to know to go a new doctor to have a possibility if I still able to have that and we'll see you know but it's it's hard because like you have to deal with a lot of things and that's why I think empathy is very important to mention uh, even though you're not going through that situation because you never know I'll not only mention the bad moments but I'm only I'm also going to mention the the good the good things like you know I've had friends or other women who know that I may be going through that and they're like no don't worry you're okay and that they really feel like supported and that you feel that they're with you and that they mm -hmm. help you instead of like we also mentioned before when we were preparing that all the questions that people get like when oh, are you yeah. having kids or when are you having a second kid oh my god i'm having kids like some people like we also said like some people decide not to have them some people don't know why they can have them some i mean it's yeah. all lives and processes and marriages are different right. and it's not like it, we cannot judge anyone right. because of their decisions and it's really important to mention that to stop asking you know I had one of these days I had a question like I was walking my dog and there was a lady with the kids it's like oh hi like in my neighborhood and then it's like oh I'm walking the dog like hi I talked to the girl a little hi princess how are you it's like oh it's so good at least you don't have kids right happy you and like what yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Okay, I just bye. <laughs> yeah. And and you know what's funny with that? So in the beginning for me, like that piece of it, the questions. So the questions was an additional piece of frustration, an additional piece of adding to the depression. Whereas, like I said earlier, I had my cousins having kids and more kids and so forth, and family members and clients, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, the whole circle around me, and I was genuinely happy, but you had the more questions from inside your family and then there was the outside right so as soon as you get married people are assuming okay you get married you have kids you get married you have kids and so they're asking oh so when you're having a kid oh so when you try did you start trying oh my gosh like what are you waiting for and, da, da, da. and so at one point I was trying to deal with my mental wellness my mental health and I told my mother and my mother was so supportive throughout I told my mother I said can you communicate with the family tell them to stop asking me tell them to stop asking you to to ask me like just tell them to stop I needed that to stop because I had to get better. I I was in, like I said earlier, a black hole. I was, that was so, like, it was a depressive state for me that I needed. I was at the moment to try to get out of it. And I couldn't get out of it with people asking me. But by yes. me taking that chance to say to my mother, tell them to stop. Something clicked in my mind and it was like a shift. Okay, now I need to get a hold of myself internally to 
switch off how I'm going to feel when people still ask. I want people to utilize things that I share in the podcast and special guests share as far as how can you be a support or what you should not ask or what can you ask, right? So I flipped the switch and I said, that's it. I'm choosing not to be bothered by it. I need to reprogram my mind on how to not feel depressed when somebody asks me and how to switch the conversation where I'm not brushing them off, but I'm kind of brushing them off. Right. And so I became good at that slowly. And then when I actually stepped into the next level of my journey, it became easier and easier. And it doesn't mean that it goes away. 30 years later, I can definitely share. It doesn't bother me. It's bringing more consciousness to, yes. to the conversation. So I hope that, you know, people listening understand that just be very, very cautious. If you don't know what to say, don't say anything else at all. Just have a regular conversation. And if it comes up, it comes up. If it doesn't, just keep having a general conversation. It's, and the thing is, we're living in a world that you assume you know, that we're yeah, it's assumed, like yeah. so assumed. So with that, I know you mentioned your depression, mental health. How often or are you working on a method to take mental breaks, mental wellness checks that you can, even if you're going to, from what I hear, try again, if that are you working on your mental health on how to deal with what's ahead yes i was going with my therapist i stopped going because it really got me i think i don't know how to explain but it really got me that i didn't want to know of like anything related to like doctors and stuff like that because mm -hmm. once i was with a psychiatrist i got pills for anxiety so one and i got to the point it's like i don't want any more pills i don't want any more residues. you know it's it, it, it's it's overwhelming. <laughs> like, it's it really is. overwhelming. It's like, I hope that somebody that's listening to us uh, understands. And if, if you're feeling that way, that you don't want to know anything about doctors and you're tired of it, we get, we feel you. Like, really. It's it natural. Is, it, yeah. It's, natural. I mean, it's part of the process. And so, yeah, sometimes like, okay, it's like, I, if I kept on going, I don't know how I would feeling right now, but I just thought, like, okay, no more. Doc I told my husband, like, I don't want to go to the, I don't want more ultrasounds. I've been through ultrasounds like every month like for years yes. it's it's really like I can't explain how I feel so after that I got like okay let's see I know I'm going through this uh but I just need to like you know sometimes I want to run away I want to escape mm -hmm. I want to like you know go like to the North Pole <laughs> not know anything about anything that's going on but like I mentioned before as a wedding planner it has been hard because you know that even though you don't have maybe I planned like okay maybe this month I'm not going to have a wedding because because I'm going to take care of me. Mm -hmm. You're still working on other weddings that are going to come. And that feeling that you know that you have a wedding a year from now, it, you feel that responsibility, you know? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's very, I got to a point sometimes that I didn't know how to manage everything, like my mental health, my health, my uh, being healthy, socializing, you know, like everybody's saying, like, you have to deal with everything. It's like, okay, wait, <laughs> mm -hmm. let's see what we do. 
let's take one step at a time and then I was I felt at some point I did had my job like with me like okay I have to do this but because I was judged before so I was like I have to do everything perfect I can I, I can't they know to this I need to have time to do this for the event for the and I forgot about me mm. I got to the point where I felt that I forgot about me and it was hard because at the end it's like okay I have to get back to me so that I am feeling good to do everything for others mm. so but it was hard because I had already like booker weddings and stuff like that maybe this year it has been the year where I said okay this is this year is gonna be about me mm. after like five six years to to go again to my therapist find a therapist maybe I don't know to go to the the the, the last one but or go to a new one I'm already like looking like searching for new opportunities new ways it's mm. like okay like let's start over but I took that break like to have maybe a different perspective and maybe just like refresh you know yeah. uh, we'll see how it goes and then I know that I have to make time for therapy for the doctors yeah I'm restarting the process I even like I started to see like okay I have to have a better relationship with food right now don't get like anxiety and eat whatever I want it's starting to get a little bit better in like mentally and physically and it's like yeah. okay now I, I got my break I don't feel that overwhelmed anymore but it still hurts like you said it still hurts I mean it's something that you don't know when it's gonna stop hurting you don't even yeah. know it's ever gonna stop hurting but so, it's something that you learn to live with yeah. and that just made you stronger most definitely and for me I would say my journey with being in that box of infertility was about 10 years or so like deep in and when I got out and saw the light and saw my purpose and saw that I have to move on and I made my decision because everyone is different and so I hope also that people who are listening understand that it's not neither what I went through or what Bella is going through. It's unique to us. So the overall general conversation on infertility is about infertility, but there are so many different cases, so many different outlooks. There are some people that do end up having kids. There are some people that choose to stop all of you know the injections and all that. And after the 10 years, I said enough because it was just too much for me. I got a hold of my mental health, my mental status. And I said, I can't go through this because I can't move forward. I felt like I was just stuck. And I looked at all the options for me. I looked at adoption. I looked at surrogacy. I looked at all these other options, but they weren't really clicking with me because I was already done with all the emotions. Again, that was me personally. I couldn't go through adoption because I felt I saw through other people that some had great outcomes, but some struggled because there were moments where they were going to have a baby, get the baby, and then the family decided not to give it up. And so I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can deal with that. Oh my gosh, I already went through 10 years of doing this. Uh, I don't think that I can do it. You know, if God wills it for it to happen, but my heart was like my heart and my soul and my spirit spirit could not deal with more. It could not. And I was like, that is it. And when 
I said that, that was, that was it. I felt like I saw a light. I felt like I could move forward and it wasn't quick. Again, I'm talking about this 30 years after. And there was a moment that when I saw that light, it started to get less heavy and less heavy and less heavy to the point that at this moment, I just want to enlighten someone like you were able to get inspired by my story. And that's the goal. It's still to this day, it feels like it's still being shoved under the rug and that we're supposed to stay silent about it. And it's a shame that that has to happen. So I'm just trying to be just more vocal about it to let people know you don't have to feel ashamed about it. Each person's journey is different. And from what you're saying, Bele, you're saying you want to probably continue. That's your journey that you're putting together. And between you and Roller trying to see how to move forward and working on your mental health. For me, I'll share and then I'll ask you another question. I did go to a therapist first and last time, <laughs> just one time. And it just, it didn't feel right. I was like, okay, I'm sharing my thoughts. I'm sharing my feelings, but it wasn't the right therapist. I think it was, there was no connection. And so I never went. And that was a second confirmation for me to move forward. And I told my husband at that time that I was done. I couldn't go through the process and he was okay with it, but I was already mentally done. But one, one thing that kept me was my faith. And so with the path that you have ahead with motherhood, yes. do you feel that it's, do you feel that you taking a step forward and, and speaking about it is helping with your mental health? Definitely. Yes. Jack. Definitely. Yes. Because you have described it perfectly. Like everything is put under the rug. But if you see that example, it's like, if you keep on putting all the dust under the rug, mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're going to see a big bulk. Yeah. So it's not that it's going to go away. If you're still like putting everything underneath the rug, it's like all of a sudden it's like, what's this big bulk here? Mm -hmm. And when you're starting to feel it, because that's what has happened during all these years that I have been keeping it to myself and everything. But all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is heavy. This hurts. Mm -hmm. what, what is this? You know that I'm feeling and speaking about it, it really helped. I talked to my husband as well when he asked, like, I want to do this podcast with Jackie. And he was okay. Like, I didn't even tell him. And I said, like, yes, I'm, I'm okay. I'm proud of you that you're doing it. And I think this is going to help you a lot. And it's very important to mention, like you, we've been mentioning this as well. Everybody's journey is different. So it's not that we're saying like, okay, let's start everybody opening up because right. you have to be ready for it. Because like, you know, sometimes here during the podcast, like I've been wanting to cry <laughs> all of a sudden, but it's like, okay. Because like you said, even talking about it, sometimes it hurts because you yeah. reminds you that you're going through this, but it really feels like venting someone that understands me and that maybe people that are going to listen to this understands us. And I think it's good because in a way we use this to make many others to feel that they're not alone. And one important thing I want to mention is that we have husbands and that they are also going through the process and they know that sometimes they don't know what to do when they see us broken because it's yeah. hard for them. It's something that we're both going through. Glad you mentioned that because the emotions, the journey is as a couple, whichever partner is affected by being infertile, the other partner is also a part of it. And then I wanted like to say like something about what you mentioned before of how the process goes. Like me, it's like, okay, let's see 
see how it goes. Like the part of adopting or going through all those sort of things. Some people also should not tell you or no, like still you can adopt. Yes, I know that those are other options. Adopting is another process. It's mm -hmm. not something that's like, okay, this is my option. This was my option and I did it. You need to be also ready and prepared for that. It's not like I got a puppy, you know? I have dogs. It's, a, it's not a puppy. It's like I need to be mentally like strong and sure that this is what I want to do. Or like like you said, it's like it's not for everybody. Right. I mean, I really love to see families adopting. When I say it's like, wow, it's like mm -hmm. amazing. And sometimes it's like, yeah, maybe that will be an option. It's like, yeah, it's not that I say I don't want to do it. Right. But if I'm going to do it, it's something that me and my husband have to be mentally. ready. Because it's, it's, yeah, mentally stable for that. Because, you know, that's another process. You know that you're going to have an adopted kid and you're going to give your best. But, you know, you have to prepare for that. Totally agree. We had a very transparent and heavy conversation. So through all that, how do you start your mornings? <laughs> I now, like currently my mornings start waking up and taking my puppy lab for a walk mm -hmm. because, like, you know, he needs to drain all that energy. <laughs> like I wake up like around one hour walk and during that hour walk, I do different things like train him or play with him. When I come back, I put my coffee machine for coffee for Rolo. But because sometimes I have or either my matcha or my coffee, but it's not first thing in the morning that I do. I prepare it, but it's not. If it's a matcha, it's okay. If I feel like really like very anxious, stuff like that, it will be a matcha. And then I prepare like a little snack. And then after that, I drink my coffee and that. And I also have my, I have to feed my chihuahuas and wake up my chihuahuas, <laughs> take them out. So usually my mornings start with my dogs. <laughs> and how many dogs is that? I have three chihuahuas and a lab. <laughs> so four. Oh my goodness. I thought you had just three. Wow. He's a new family member. He's five months old. So the next fun question is if you had a superpower what would it be? So I wish I had a magic wand to transform like rooms and spaces for celebrations and not for just for celebrations <laughs> for me. like for example like oh I want to have a special dinner like bing, like with the magic wand like just set up a beautiful table you know <laughs> you think about it and it's set up and then I would be like that fairy godmother that bride's wand like oh I wish I could have full of flowers don't worry bing, you have it <laughs> If I had a wand, I would use it to transport myself to just when I need it, like by the ocean or just to locations. That just brings me peace. So out of today's conversation, like I said, we had a very deep conversation as to your transparent journey. And I so appreciate that you shared all that. What do you think are two or three takeaways that you think listeners should take and really meditate on or to understand? I think the most important one would be like for women because her podcast is like for women. Don't judge other women. Mm. Don't judge. Not only in marriage, relationship, body image. It's like, no. Mm -hmm. We're all women. We know what we go through as being a woman. Mentally and physically don't judge other women. The next one, the second one would be being kind. Like, be kind to anybody that you see because you never know what somebody else is going through, their process, and how they are trying to fight to 
deal with that process. So being kind, I think it's really very important. And the third one, it would be just be grateful. I think mm -hmm. you are one of the persons, Jackie, I've learned that the most. Being grateful and seeing what you have all around you will sometimes make you not want what you don't have. So just being grateful every day, you'll find every day something that you can be grateful for, even though that your situation feel like you're in a dark hole. But in the middle of a dark hole, if you look around, there's something that you can be thankful for. And I'll take that note because when I was in that dark place, I was going to church and I know that was saved my life because I have to say that it saved my life was my belief in God was my faith. Even though I kept going to church, even though I had the support of the church and some friends and my husband at that time, not having someone around me who understood what I was going through was difficult. But through everything, I'm grateful that I did not let go of God. And that at the end of the day was what saved my life. That at the end of the day was the light that I saw that I was given an opportunity to understand why I was here on earth and what my role was. And that eventually throughout my 30 years, I did have a role of a mother in other people. And I embraced that. And wow, I can't. <laughs> Why is this? I that with you, Jackie, like you are our mother, like really. <laughs> that is so heavy because we are genuinely mothers. No matter what, no one can take away the feelings. We don't have to have a child for us yeah. to be mothers. And that is what God showed me. And God has enlightened me into my purpose in life. And I embraced it. I could say I truly embraced it maybe 10 years ago. You understand your purpose little by little, but when you fully understand your purpose, it's like this aha moment. And 10 years ago was when I can say that I totally understood my purpose. And I don't feel sadness about this whole journey of infertility. I don't feel that I, what would happen if I did? And so it's natural to feel that, but I don't feel sad about thinking about it. Whereas when I was in that moment, it was sadness. It was depression. It was why, 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 you know, why me? So gratitude is all I have. Gratitude is, is what really keeps me in, in the zone, in the Zen that God is beautiful and has given me life. And so I appreciate every single day that I am here and I appreciate you because you came forth. And when we saw each other last June, we went to a retreat in Mexico. It was very beautiful. It was needed after the pandemic, you know, and all that. And I heard you having a conversation and it really enlightened because I was going through putting this whole platform together and you didn't know that. And so I was already prepping with Jovan and, but I heard your conversation and I didn't know until I heard it. And I was like, I'm kind kindly inserted myself into the conversation. Yes. I was like, and then, you know, we had the chat and I was so like, it was a confirmation for me that I, I was doing what I needed to do. And so I'm coming full circle. You know, I know you were going through it. You were in the moment. It wasn't something that had passed, right? And I said, God, if, if it's meant to be that she wants to share, then let it be. And I'm touched that through 
me sharing my story that you were able to feel comfortable enough to be to have this conversation today that's right and it's almost like a year after that we're oh here my gosh yes it's amazing oh but, and that is something i wanted Ooh, like, i got goosebumps <laughs> yeah i've been having them a lot during the podcast <laughs> but it's something that it, i can say is last but not least because that's the most important thing to mention is God because I've been like wanting to believe that and know that even though we don't understand what's going on God knows and talk to myself and said you can't be that selfish and keep on just saying like why me why I don't deserve to be a mom why I haven't deserved to be this to happen to to our marriage to our family you never know god knows and he definitely yeah. knows and i know that when time comes we will understand his purpose and that we will find his purpose maybe we won't see it immediately because we can't i mean I, i'm still looking for i'm still trying to find out what his purpose mm -hmm. is <laughs> But we will. We go through this painful moments and very hard time. He's still with us. Like he, mm. he, he never leaves. Even though we question him, we're like, though, uh, hello. Like, because sometimes we are humans. We're humans. We tell him, like, where are you? Like, sometimes I will confess that it has been hard for me sometimes to pray. Because, like, like God, I don't have words. Like, I, I cannot. You know, I'm trying to, but it's like, I, words don't come out. You know what I'm feeling in my heart. Please don't leave me. Or, or, like, because sometimes you feel like you don't hear him. But he's there. He's there, even though we don't see him and feel him. And it's just a process that time will come in when we will see. It's like, okay. I read one quote that it was about God's purpose. He created you. Uh, you were in his purpose because he created you. So you have a purpose. Mm -hmm. yeah. We have to keep the faith, even though sometimes yes. we feel that we're losing it. Yeah. And and that's the hard part is, is holding on to that faith. Because having faith is definitely not easy to hold on to. Especially when you're going through a dark moment and depressive moment. It's not yeah. easy. But we know that we can come out of it as long as we maintain and try our best to keep moving forward. So, oh my gosh, I am so appreciative and so proud of you for taking this this moment to share. I feel honored that you decided to share your story here. And I can definitely, I will definitely say that I continue to keep you and Rolo in my prayers as to God's will and for a positive journey and for God to enlighten your journey and to show you the way, whether it's continuing, whether it's shifting, whatever it is that for you to get healing and for you to have mental release in that whatever path you're in or you're going, that you don't feel a heavy burden, that you feel, okay, we can get through this so that your load gets lighter, not heavier. That's what I pray for you both. And so I know I'm going to be tagging you on this and I'll share your bio and your info in the summary of the podcast. But can you share with us where people can find you? Sure. They can find me on my Instagram. There is where they can find me and know more about me the most. It's Belen Esquivel WP, but you will share it like you will share the link. And then I have started my TikTok. I restarted because a bride like told me like, go ahead and let's make a TikTok. <laughs> and she made me like restart my TikTok. I'm, I'm going there. It's the same as my Instagram. And then my profile is really, I tried to have my profile 
profile as my Bananas Cuban wedding planner. When you go to her profile, you're just going to love it. She's very transparent, very just amazing. I look forward to just hearing more and seeing more about your journeys. And so, yeah. So thank you so much. I love you so much. And I appreciate you being here. Thank you, Jackie. I had a feeling that we were going to get deep into conversation, but I didn't expect for her to feel comfortable enough to share everything. And I am so honored that I have this platform and for it to be a release for people who are either currently walking this journey of infertility or who have, or for anyone at any point. So I am very, very thankful and humble that Bella felt so comfortable to share, not just with me, but with you as well. So thank you, Bella, for being here. Thank you for sharing, being transparent. Thank you for sharing knowledge. Thank you for sharing your strength, your strength and that you're allowing yourself to go through this journey. I'm here as a support. So thank you for trusting me. So thank you again for listening in. Stay tuned for the next episode of Inspired by Jacqueline. Take care.